Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inspired Table Podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and I come bearing gifts in the form of a magical conversation with a beautiful sorceress and forest fairy. Erin Lovell Verinder is a qualified herbalist, nutritionist, energetic healer, teacher, mentor, and wellness writer. She brings forth over 20 wonderful years experience working with health, healing, and well-being. Erin is deeply passionate about empowering others to reconnect to their innate ability to heal and to rediscover the primal foundations of thriving health through nature-based attunement. In this episode, Erin and I talk about plant medicine and nature's innate ability to heal us on a deep, nourishing and transformative level. I am so thrilled to be able to share Erin with you. Anyone who has ever had the pleasure of being in her presence will tell you that she herself is a herbal tonic. Her intoxicating gaze, her nourishing aura, and her healing touch. When we got to the end of this almost hour-long conversation, she professed that we barely touched the surface on the possibilities of plant medicine and its energetic qualities. So if you enjoy this chat, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. And that way I will know if you'd like to hear more from Erin and hopefully we can get her back on the podcast to dive even deeper into this topic. In the meantime, enjoy this magical journey into the world of plant medicine with the beautiful Erin Lovell Verinder. I'm a herbalist, nutritionist and energetic healer and I've really been walking this path since the age of 16, so 20 years now and um, my passion is to really awaken others to understand that they have the most incredible innate ability to heal and in 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 really that's in connection to earth medicine and that's what I've been doing for nearly 20 years now so let's break it down a little bit yeah to people who don't know what what is a herbalist so a herbalist um so in Australia our training is quite different uh to uh, American to training we're a lot more evidence and clinical based in our approach to training here in Australia whereas I'd say American herbalists are much more grassroots you know maybe outgrowing the herbs and making their own a lot more whereas mm. in Australia it's much more clinical um, so we're working more with sort of ready-made tinctures and things like that and and herbal tablets not to say that you can't at all be grassroots, and, and that's something I've been weaving into my practice more and more and more as I evolve as a herbalist. But it's basically somebody who spent a long time studying plant medicine. So you know, is herbalist yeah. different to naturopath? It is. It, it is and it isn't. It is in the sense that a naturopath is really an umbrella term for your training, someone who's trained with herbs, nutrition, uh, homeopathy, um, 
you know, and then you'll maybe do some side things as well, like massage, essences. Whereas uh, a herbalist, the training is specifically herbal medicine. You do do some nutrition in there, of course, and you do all the same sciences. And uh, But it's really you do e- extra training with herbal medicine. And for me, I actually enrolled in to be a naturopath. And as I started to – I got into sort of my second year of study in naturopathy, my Bachelor of Naturopathy, and I just really felt like the herbs – the plants were just calling me so deeply. I wanted mm. to know more and more and more and more and more. And that's why I thought, actually, I'm going to be a herbalist and go down the Bachelor of Herbal Medicine path and also add on the nutritional medicine because uh, I felt that the, the food as medicine was also very, very important to treat somebody holistically. And, um, yeah, so, so the herbs is just the difference, the herbal medicine, sorry, uh, over the naturopathy is really the difference of studying a little more Mm. of the plants in a more focused way and what do you think is what is it about plant medicine that calls you so deeply for me it's been since I was a little a little girl I, I felt so fascinated by nature I felt so fascinated by the trees and the cycles of how flowers would bloom and you know, what would make something thrive as opposed to something not growing? You know, I used to experiment in the garden with my mom and it just, plants were just always so inherent in, they were like my friends, inherent yeah. in my childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it just always, it was always so fascinating to me to know more and more about them. I have described you before as a forest or maybe it was mountain nymph. So I can just, <laughs> I can just imagine you as a little girl, like a little fairy in the garden. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, I spent a lot of time, you know, running around barefooted and, um, you know, refusing to wear shoes in the suburbs yeah. <laughs> and you know, running over to the park and sitting under the eucalypts. And, you know, one of my first memories of a, a plant, like, and I was asked this when I was teaching one time in an event, what was your first memory? first plant memory and I, I remembered the jasmine blooming over the fence mm. and it was it was you know they're so fragrant and heady and um those white little pops on on the sort of just wooden you know old timber fence and yeah. every year I would wait for the jasmine to bloom and my mum would go out and we'd pick some and put it in a little cup and it would fill the whole house up so that was definitely to me just this really intoxicating cycle that I would wait for every year like what you know waiting for the jasmine to bloom Yes. Yeah. And it's so it's so poignant for that time of year, isn't it? It's like this nostalgia it's, that kind of yes, sweeps exactly. through when that smell comes through. I was doing yoga this morning um, outside. There was a yoga class out on the lawn of this hotel and yeah. the jasmine, I couldn't see it. It, it. I think it was down the street, but just every time the breeze came past and it would just waft through, there was just like this real kind of like summer vibes feel. Oh, totally. So I think it definitely like signals, you know, that the the warmth is coming yeah. and just, just like waking our bodies up as well with that smell because you sort of just, it's like you said, you didn't even see it, but you, you smell it and you know it's near and it just is so invigorating. Yeah. It's such a beautiful smell. Yeah. And then when did you take that kind of passion for plants and decide that you wanted to kind of study it in terms of healing? Mm. It actually took me a while. I, 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 started when I was sort of 17 years old, 18 years old, I started studying energetics. And that was in a sort of traditional sense, like I actually went to a college in Sydney, a private college, and I did a two year diploma of energetic healing, which is such a wild thing to do for an 18 year old now that I look back. Yeah, and you know, also I, a while ago, yeah. hey, not to say anything ago. about yes. your age. Yeah, Aaron. no, 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 it was like 18 years ago. But and, it wasn't um, like cool like it is now. It totally wasn't cool. Yeah. It was super kooky. I mean, <laughs> I remember my dad, you know, just my dad's response to me saying I wanted to do energetic healing and he's, you know, a, a very successful engineer. It was very out of, you know, out, out of character for, you know, for what he thought I would be doing. But it just, I just honestly felt so called um, to know more about energetics. And mm. I'd been sort of studying Reiki and I was the first, Reiki was really one of the first forms of healing I found and uh, I was traveling a lot up north of Australia and I just ended up sort of getting to know these incredible women and sitting in these women's circles as a sort of 17 year old and um, 
getting to to know a lot more about energetics and a lot about plant medicine and a lot about the cycles of the moon and the cycles of the womb and you know mm. just these powerful women's medicine and and I thought okay, I really want to know more about this so I, I did Reiki and that let that sort of led me to the energetics um and so I did the two-year diploma and it was it was an incredible experience very intense for a so an 18 year old for an 18 year old 19 year old uh doing crystal healing and auric healing and you know or chakra medicine and working with kundalini energy oh, and just, yeah because it brings up a lot in yourself doesn't it when it you're really when you're practicing does. that sort of stuff yeah absolutely and i um you know i just remember even you know under like learning to understand the chakra system and feeling that energy and that sort of kundalini like energy rise in me and i'd wake up every morning as you know I, honestly i was 18 i'd wake up every morning with the the sort of the bo- the base of my spine like just humming and shaking <laughs> you know and it's just sort of like whoa you know when you're when you're young and you just don't have much of a reference for these things and mm. So it was, it was definitely a deep dive. I went headfirst into there, which is very Aries of me, you know, just, just sort of didn't even really look at the curriculum, just dove right Jump in. into and, the fire, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and that, that for me was my first introduction to healing and working in the healing realms. And it was, it was a huge, it was a huge learning curve, but I came out feeling quite unable to practice. I just felt too young. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to go and live a lot more, um, before I could get in and work with people one-on-one in a clinic setting. So I did a little bit of that, but I, I went and traveled and I met my husband and I learned a lot more and studied, you know, some incredible healing techniques and kinesiology techniques in the States and um, just we got, you just got some incredible learnings and richness that I felt taking that in. It felt like it, it, it enabled me to get more confidence in myself to start to work in that way. Yeah. Uh, I sort of lived it. I went and lived it and then I came back to Australia and I thought, you know what, I really need to ground this. I'm a very earthy person and I really felt like I wanted to help people shift and heal in a very whole way and the energetics is so incredible but I knew that, you know, I need to focus on the body and, you know, we're spiritual beings having this very physical experience and I knew that that was calling me, you know, to, to really start looking at that more and to earth into my body from doing all of the very etheric kind of, you know, out there healing stuff um, to, to bring it in. And that's when I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna enroll and do naturopathy. And that's that's how if it found me, I found it. Uh, the plants were calling just in this kind of very like earthy grounded way. Like, mm. you know, I knew that that was a, a way that I could help people and that's how that's how it found me so it was sort of more via the energetics that I come to find plant medicine yeah beautiful and I mean it makes a lot of sense doesn't it you know like plants as medicine and their ability to heal the physical humans that reside on the planet you know like the ecosystem working together to heal its inhabitants right it makes so much sense and I really, uh, the more and more I spend time with plants over these years, it's just, I just see how I really, really believe that our remedies are within our, generally within our immediate uh, environments Mm. and that many of the plants that we need are nearby. And um, it's just such a fascinating, fascinating area. And the more and more I also learn about plants the more and more I have been able to bridge the gap between energetics and the plants which is definitely my passion and and something that I feel so uh joyful to be able to teach and preach is bridging those worlds okay I want to dive I want to dive into that but before we do hang on I'm gonna make a note so I don't forget um let's talk about the different ways that plants can heal us because I think that a lot of people think that it's a very kind of like subtle remedy, Mm. but they can be quite potent, can't they? Very potent. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I think this also brings, this brings in the energetics too, because you have to think about the presentation and the energy of the presentation. So if somebody's presenting with a mild symptom versus something that's been very chronic or acute, the energy of the plant is able 
to shift with a with somebody who's a, a wonderful herbalist and knows what they're doing with the plants. It's you're you're able to shift the energy of the plant and the prescription of the plant to match the vibration of the presentation. So I, I think that's a really key point because dosing, you know, dosing is very important and the quality of the plant is also very important. Okay. So the the deliverance and the you know the the deliverance of the plant is uh, super key to to look at like how it matches the vibration. So I feel that like like with plants, I think the the how could sorry, what was your question again? I was like, wait, what did you say? I just want to understand. No, I just I just said that I think there's a misconception that oh yes, many yes, people think that gentle. it's a subtle yeah gentle yeah. remedy, but but they can be quite powerful. They can definitely be quite powerful in the sense of, you know, you can go from looking at a gentle infusion. Like people say, oh, a tea is gentle, right? Mm. A tea is really gentle. But if you do a long infusion brew of those herbs, so we're talking about an overnight infusion, it becomes incredibly medicinal. Mm. And even a tea, a strong herbal tea brewed, you know, with say a double dose tea, brew it for a while, put something on the top, you know, so the volatile oils stay in like a little liter, a little, a little um, plate. That's a medicinal brew. So although that seems it can be very subtle, again, if your presentation is subtle and you're a sensitive person, that can absolutely be enough to enable you to shift your symptoms. Yeah. Whereas someone who's had something very chronic for, we're talking about a chronic, you know, autoimmune chronic gut issues, they're going to need a lot more support and a lot more um, in a loving way, but a lot more of an intense prescription to enable them to shift often, Mm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk about some of the conditions then that plants can be really helpful. I mean, I know that there's lots of things, but like what are some common ailments or conditions that you – find plants can really have quite an impact on in all honesty i mean there's it just there is no limit to how effective (laughs) they can be seriously you know it's just limitless but what i do see in my clinics the most and and what i've worked with very closely for years is you know adrenal burnout stress Mm. disorders you know just the the fragmented nervous systems of today's intense world and society all the challenges that we that we have um absolutely i think there's a there's a huge degree of of burnout and sensitivity happening for for people and so the the herbs are just so incredible at supporting uh the body's innate ability to heal around that adrenal hpa axis you know recalibration and nervous system recalibration so that's definitely one of the biggest ones that i would see um but also a hormonal imbalances mm. a huge you know endocrine imbalances in in women and again what can hold hand with hold hands with that is the thyroid so a lot of thyroid and autoimmunity um all all interlaced and you know even adrenals hormones thyroid they all talk to each other so often someone a lot of women actually will present with those three areas that need a lot of attention. And uh, another one is the gut. I work a lot with gut healing and getting to the roots of that dysbiosis that mm. can in turn, like the roots of the tree, everything sort of comes off that. Um, so once we sort of heal heal the gut and really recalibrate the gut, the health health can shift in a massive way. And, and herbs, plant medicine can be so effective for all of those conditions. But really, I, you know, I could, I could go on and on. You know, it's like immunity and all the things. It's, it's, it's just so helpful and supportive for the body when it expresses anything. Yeah. Really. So mm. what are the different ways then that we can incorporate plant medicine into our lives i mean obviously seeing an expert or a herbalist who can make you like medicinal tinctures is yes one way but is there a way are there ways that we can just incorporate it into our lives for our general well-being absolutely because you know it's so wonderful to see somebody who really knows their stuff and to have that support team uh, for somebody who needs assistance like it's great to have a herbalist a naturopath a nutritionist who can back you up when needed but 
uh, I do feel like the magic of the plants is that they are there for everybody. They're accessible to everybody. And in an everyday way, that's also so incredibly powerful to, to empower people to go outside, grow some plants, you know, um, go to your local co-op and get some incredible dried plants and make infusions, you know, mm. make, make beautiful overnight infusions, make daily infusions to drink and sip as you, as you sit mindfully, as you, uh, flow through your day to support your body. So that's, that's my favorite way of encouraging people is to, uh, do infusions. And that means I, an infusion essentially is, you know, you can use fresh definitely, but often the dried plants are, if not more potent, slash really? Yeah. And why is um, that? Well, a lot of the a lot of the plants when they're dried, they will hold their medicinal content. Mm. So when you when you are then sort of rehydrating them, you're reactivating a lot of the medicinal content. So, you know, using dried herbs, often people think, Oh, they're not as strong. Not at all. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, so taking that taking that into an everyday way into your everyday flow is such an easy way to integrate plant medicine. Like, let's say, actually, you know, one of my most favorite plants currently is nettle and using nettle. I love it. If you get a really beautiful, yeah, if you get a beautiful dried nettle, you can, when you do a long infusion, you can actually see the color. It'll either be like a dark green, almost like a dark green black, or some nettles will give off this beautiful blue, like a deep mm. blue. So beautiful. And even from a color therapy perspective, I mean, just drinking that is just oh, so gorgeous, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what's nettle good for then? So nettle, nettle, I, I, nettle's actually good for a lot of different things because you've got nettle leaf and nettle root, but I look at it like a very nutritive tonic, especially for women. Like it's a very nutritive grounding tonic. And I look at it like often a lot of young women, particularly young menstruating women are just very low in iron. So it's got a lot of uh, iron in there. It's, it's got a richness that's just so grounding and nourishing for the body. So without sort of speaking about specific conditions, I think about it more like a very grounding, nourishing tonic, especially for women. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. can you walk us through perhaps mm. like making an infusion for ourselves at home? Definitely. And maybe yes. just like an, uh, a recipe, if you will, um, of yep. something that would just kind of benefit everybody day to day. Absolutely, yes, yes. So, what what I what I say to do is to get a big, uh, you know, like the heat proof sort of ball jars. You know, the oh, um, yeah. canning jars. Yep. Yeah. So get a canning jar like this. A big liter one is is great, and. Just before you sort of put your boiling hot water in there, just heat it up, you know, just put it under the tap. Just make sure that that glass is sort of warmed up before you put boiling water in there. (laughs) Otherwise, it's going to have a little crackage. (laughs) Um, It's a disaster. So what you want to do is um, boil some water. I I always use filtered water, but um, just make sure you're boiling your water. And then I say, like, let's do a let's do a sleepy set of time infusion. Okay, beautiful. So um, you would use let's use passion flower, and let's use lemon balm, mm. and let's use skull cap. Oh. So these are these are quite easy herbs to find in a local co-op, uh, at the health food store, even ordering the, them online in bulk. Yes. Um, you know, just easy herbs. Always make sure that your herbs are organic. It's so important because you have to think that when you're drinking those teas, you're going to, if they're pest, if they're sprayed, sorry, with pesticides, you're going to be getting some serious pesticide residue because mm. they're so concentrated in that tea as well. Yeah. So I always say to source organic, locals, incredible if, if possible. So we're using our lemon balm, we're using our skull cap, and we're using our. What else did I say? It's just like my mind. Passion flower. Passion flower. So we're using our beautiful passion flower. And I use sort of equal parts. So what I do not I do not have like massive rules around dosing because I do think it's quite intuitive too. But say what I would do is uh, before I put the boiling water in, I do equal parts of my herbs and I would do say two heat teaspoons of each. Two big, like nice hefty heat teaspoons. And then uh, sorry, tablespoons, two heat tablespoons of each. And then I would just 
fill it up with boiling water to the top, let it cool a little bit, and then you can just pop the lid on. And then overnight, you can infuse that, and then you could drink that the next day or into the next evening. Because if it's a sleepy time tea, you might not want to drink it in the in the day. Yeah. But saying that, those three herbs are just really nice, relaxing nervines. So they will just calm the nervous system. You can absolutely drink those through the day. Uh, and especially if you had a little anxiety, they're beautiful herbs mm. to calm the nervous system down. Um, they're not necessarily like you drink them and want to you know, pass out with exhaustion because you're so sleepy in your body. It's more like <laughs> they encourage, you know, your innate ability to relax. They're just having a conversation with your nervous system to calm down, to unwind. And um, they're beautiful, yeah, to be drunk for anxiety or into the evening for yeah, sure. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, I love that. I actually, <laughs> I had a um, sleepy time tea the other day. I'm not sure what brand it was, yeah. but I hadn't really – I had a bit of work to do and I was just kind of like sipping it while I was working and I got so overcome with tiredness like I had to drag myself to bed and the next morning I looked at the ingredients on it and it was hops oh yeah lemon balm and valerian it like yeah it just knocked me out so (laughs) those herbs can be very powerful they definitely can be I mean I can I find that I can I actually always add nervines into my uh, infusions daily but more gently and then I'll sort of put a lifting kind of herb something maybe I would do nettle lemon balm and then I would do maybe some rose hips or hibiscus to kind of you know give that nice little tang and lift you up yeah so I i absolutely believe you can drink them daily but when you're yeah when you're drinking something like valerian and hops and they're a lot more sort of sedative style herb (laughs) yeah so they would be definitely drunk in the evening I would never do valerian in the day (laughs) I don't think um that's funny though that you and and if you're sensitive too you know you absolutely will feel the effects differently uh than someone who has a bit of a sort of more um sort of sturdy constitution that can Mm. be a little bit more challenging to shift things and to uh, sense things. Sometimes people say, I, I, I can't sense or feel that, but you just need to adjust the potency to, ah. yeah, to um, get a bit of a reaction often. Yeah, like, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so infusions infusions are a great way to incorporate plants into yeah. your day-to-day. What are some other ways that you do it personally? Well, I think it's just so important to have a garden if you can. You know, if you can have – a garden or even if you're in the city and you can have a little balcony with some potted plants and plotted potted herbs it's such a beautiful way to connect with the plant and the energy of the plant as well it's not always about taking it into your body it's often about having it in your environment mm. so having a little garden and some potted plants is such a powerful way to connect with the medicine of the plants and to learn from the plants i have you know, we've just relocated, so we're just re-establishing our beautiful plant garden. But, you know, just um, we got here and there's some beautiful chamomile planted and some beautiful sage that's blooming under the pecan tree. It's just gorgeous. And for me to even connect with those plants and know that they're there, I just think there's so much magic in having a garden and getting outside and actually understanding where these plants come from and having a personal connection to them. I agree. And, and feeling, yeah. the, feeling the energy of them. It's so potent. Yeah. So potent. So So I think, you know, growing the plants in in these small ways can be really profound. Mm. Yeah. And like you said, you know, if you are living in the city, having having a little a little um pot on the balcony or on the windowsill. Definitely just as powerful, yeah. You'd be just as powerful. There's no there's no rules around that. And you know, certain plants will just We'll, we'll just grow really anywhere and so easy. Uh, so, you know, even just chamomile as an example, it's just so easy to grow. So you can just pot a little chamomile plant, you know, by the by the um, sink, in the in, by the window and um, it will thrive. You know, it's, it's really just about having a conversation and a relationship mm. with the plants. I love and, that. I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know chamomile was easy to grow. I think it's really easy to oh. grow. I mean, everyone tells me I've got a very green thumb, which yes. I'd, hope, I'd want to hope so, right, that I do, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it would be shameful if I didn't a little bit. But, um, you know, the I, I find it easy to grow. I find, um, I find many of the herbs quite easy to grow. And I think 
some herbs are just so funny. You can almost neglect them and they're just happy, you know. Even like sage is really easy to grow. You don't even have to pay much attention to sage. She just loves to grow anywhere. I'm trying so, to get my dad to grow some sage down on the farm. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And you know what's also beautiful is white sage. Mm. And I think it's such a, a – it burns so beautifully as well when often the, the sage plant will just naturally dry some of the leaves. The white sage, sage plant will have some dried leaves coming off it and you can actually use those dried sage leaves and you can smudge with them. Smudge, so just yeah. sort of burn them. It's just the most – beautiful grounding yet uplifting smell oh it's amazing you actually yeah. gave me some of your white sage leaves I don't know if you remember that, that oh I do remember the first time yes. we met you're like here have yeah. some white sage and they oh. were drying <laughs> they were drying on my windowsill and I burnt them oh, a few months ago now but yeah it was so beautiful oh that's so lovely yeah oh, and the, like the the fresh dried stuff Yes. Was just so much more potent than, you know, like a yeah. white sage smudge stick that I'd bought from, you know, Tree of Life yeah. or something. <laughs> totally. It's just like having that connection to knowing where something came from yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. And I I think that's something that, you know, we're, we're missing a little. We're feeling a little um, like we're lacking that, I think, in our culture right now because I think – you know, there is just so much out there and so much is accessible, but often we just don't know where it's come from. We don't know the story. Mm. And then when you, when you say have something, like you just said, you know, you gave me this age and I burnt it and it felt really special. When you have an example of something like that, you understand that the connection feels so much more sort of sacred yeah. and, and therefore I just hope to encourage people then to actually grow a little bit themselves or be mindful of where they're sourcing things from and buying things from and support local growers and support, um, you know, friends that are making, you know, making things and offerings. And in that way, I think with, with health and well-being, it's, it's really important to look at what's close to home and not just what's in vogue. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, how do you think that we can, how, like in, because you mentioned before that we can like connect intuitively to plants. Yes. Is there a way that we can use our intuition to decide perhaps what is the right kind of plant for us and our particular ailments or anything that we're trying to address? Yes. I mean, I feel often it's as simple as asking yourself what you are feeling drawn to. Mm. So uh, of course, some people would have no knowledge of plant medicine and they wouldn't know where to begin. And that's where it's really important to, you know, source out a really awesome book, listen to some podcasts, you know, get inspired by um, what's around us to educate. So, you know, there are great, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great herbal medicine books and sort of more old school herbal medicine books that will take you through the visuals of, of, of plants. Um, but I feel that just asking yourself, you know, sometimes you know, often I'll sit and I'll sort of say, like, what, what am I craving today? What am I needing today? And, and obviously I've got all that knowledge so I can apply that very well, but just asking is the most important thing. So say you say, oh, look, I, you know, I feel I'm sitting and I sort of, you know, hand over your heart or just to tune into the body. Um, you can even do that on the bus. You know, you don't need to be in complete silence to, to drop into self. So just asking like, what do I need? What, what, how, how can I be supported? And, Often you'll say, like, you feel that, oh, I'm feeling a little, like, run down today, like my immunity is a little run down. And that that in itself is like, okay, your body's, like, needing some immune boosting. It's, it's asking for some rest. It's asking for that kind of soothing, uh, soothing element to come on in. And, you know, th- the most simple things like thyme and sage and mm-hmm. oregano are actually incredibly – uh, immune supportive and, sti- and and will sort of soothe the throat and soothe that upper respiratory tract and you can make an infusion out of those it's so simple mm. but it's just asking right yeah. and and yeah sorry you go ahead no I was just gonna say you know like um you like you said before you don't have to have this like vast knowledge of all the different herbs even just like really simple culinary herbs totally. and, and like yes. herbal teas like I'm feeling yes. a certain way what would make me feel better, chamomile or peppermint? And kind right. of tuning into that, yeah. 
Absolutely, and even you know your you know your 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 teas that are already in in tea bags. I mean, yeah. obviously, I would love everybody to do infusions with you know beautiful dried organic herbs. But whatever you've got in your your tea cabinet, there's medicinal elements to every single tea in there, every single plant that's in there. Yeah. Don't underestimate just because it's been packaged and it's put into a tea bag that there's no medicinal content. That's not true at all. Uh, you know. The, the the medicinal elements are still in that chamomile tea bag, so uh, it's really about asking. And I do think that also learning from the plants by actually spending time with plants is mm. is a way to learn and absorb information. And uh, sitting under a tree, you absorb a lot of information. It's sort of like that. It's just allowing yourself the space to ask. Yeah, is beautiful. the most important yeah. part. I yeah. I feel like that a lot um, with cooking, when, mm. when I'm cooking with plants and herbs in particular, actually, you know, like the herb itself will tell you how it needs to be cooked. So like, yes. you know, the more hardier herbs like rosemary um, can go into stews and things that require a longer cooking time where something delicate like coriander or mint is something that you kind of want to throw in a salad or on a fresh you know totally whatever yes. and just by tuning into the plant itself it will tell you how to use it and I guess it's the same kind of thing right absolutely and I think mm. also like the, the the way that you can sense a plant we have all of these senses so you just need to wake them up you know, you need to look at the plant, you need to smell the plant, mm. you know, you know, it's the colors, the texture, the taste, you need to taste it a little bit. You taste a plant, whoa, that's really bitter. Okay, well, what am I going to do with that as opposed to, oh, that's really sweet, mm. you know. Um, you know, the, there's just so, so much in the connection of how you approach the plants so are you open-eyed? Are you open-eared? Is, is your taste buds awakened? You know, it's just all of those senses that we inherently have, we just need to turn them on and approach the plant with an open heart. And the plant will therefore give you this reciprocity, this reciprocity of information and this reciprocity of invitation where you're inviting it and it's inviting you. Yeah, beautiful. Do you yeah. do you use um, plants topically at all? I do, I do, and um, and that's sort of returning to that grassroots space that I do feel was really lacking in my training years mm. ago. Um, I have an incredible mentor that continues to inspire me and was one of my teachers years ago. She's incredibly grassroots, and I feel so very lucky to have connected with her since I was 18 and and um other than that though I feel like a lot of it is self-taught I didn't learn a lot of it in my sort of uh you know education my classic education and the grassroots part of of applying your sort of using sort of growing or using more fresh plant um is is very inspiring for me and I love to use you know things topically so looking more at you know making creams and poultices and mm. um there's such an there's such an incredible need for for our bodies to to be fed in that way not just yeah. internally because you know you think about your skin as well it's the lar largest most absorbable organ you know in your body so everything you put on your skin you're absorbing a great deal of it um what they say 70 plus percent of what you put on your skin you absorb and that's why it's so important to be very mindful of the products that you allow to touch your skin and um so you know your makeup and your body products and whatnot so the, the herbs are incredible, uh, as are nutrients, you know, all of the um, the dermal, you know, nutritional stuff that I will use as well. Uh, sometimes I use dermal iron or, you know, dermal glutathione and all these different things to support somebody's health expression. And, uh, yeah. And by dermal, by dermal, you, you mean like a, a topical cream? Cream, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a topical cream because a lot of people are so sensitive that taking anything orally can be a real challenge. Mm. Um, so we – and little kids as well. It's very hard to get compliancy with children in clinic. And um, <laughs> so, you know, and sometimes parents do, bless them, but, you know, just to, to get their little ones to take these things as needed. It's um, Yeah, so we use a lot, of, a lot of dermal creams and, yeah, I'll use a lot of uh, 
topicals as well. I think it's a really powerful part of healing. Yeah. And I mean, this was medicine before modern medicine. Yeah. And this is, right. this is how people stayed alive back then. <laughs> exactly. And it is so much of that traditional folk knowledge that is actually the basis of our modern naturopathic system and i and i and i'm i'm concerned that you know we're starting to lose a lot of the knowledge and um i know there's incredible people doing incredible things there's no doubt but a lot of our education programs in australia are so clinical based mm. yes it's wonderful that we're merging evidence-based science you know with that sort of traditional medicine but i think it's leaning a little more towards that evidence-based science training uh, and I have so many people approach me because I do mentoring and I have so many, you know, students and graduated naturopaths approaching me just saying that they really are desiring that more grassroots connection and, you know, um, they're so thirsty for it because it was, you know, a lot of it was missing in the training and um, although you come out and you're, you're incredibly knowledgeable, I, I think that return to earth, return to the energetics of nature and that grounded approach that was, you know, so – that was just – it was the basis of everything traditionally mm -hmm. that's what they had right and i think we're just we're just missing that connection um as much as the herbs are so potent in those those bottles i use them all the time in those big brown bottles that you see in dispensaries yeah they're incredible and those are those are those are the pot those are potent herbs potent plants but you know it's just sometimes you can lose a sense of connection of what plant you're using because it's in a bottle yeah absolutely. and um you know, I, I do my best to explain to all of my clients that, you know, if I'm going to prescribe something and, and I love it because I can blend for them and I can make a very sort of bespoke tincture for everything that they're presenting with. And I love, I love blending herbs. Um, it makes me so happy when I get to blend herbs. And, um, but I always say to them, like, this is what this plant is for. And this is why we're using this one. I mean, this is why, because I want them to understand that this is a complex, uh, potent, plant medicine it's not just you know it's not just a glass bottle with liquid in it no you know I want them to connect it to the plants yeah and I think that uh, people are really craving that connection now mm. yeah Erin what do you think about someone who might be listening to this podcast who perhaps has a condition that they've been treating through um, modern medicine uh, pharmaceuticals let's say and has decided that they would like to approach it from a more um, plant-based perspective yes what do you think are some of the first steps they should take well I, I I feel like it's always first of all I just support and congratulate them because it's such a huge shift to start sort of Shifting your perspective, if that's not your sort of natural way of being, you know, you haven't learned to approach things naturally, you've never been encouraged to see a naturopath, it's always quite brave to say, you know, what, I'm going to try this and I'm going to invest in this and I'm going to, I'm going to get on board mm. because the, to shift a health condition or a health, let's say story, a health story, all parts of your being need to be on board. Yeah. So, you know, it's a big thing to go, I want to try that. I'm going to do this. I would say that you need to research who you want to connect with because a lot of the medicine is about the connection between you and the facilitator. So you and the practitioner there that I know somebody, of course, like we all need to be good at what we do and we need to show up and we're great and we help people and we're, we've been known for this and that, and that that's awesome. But you need to have a personal connection and a personal trust and feel drawn to that person's work and offering because there are so many people out there now. It's so wonderful, right? This is a thriving field, mm. but there are so many people, you know, putting their shingle out and it, it's like, there's so much. It can be a bit like noisy and confusing sometimes about where to even begin. Yeah. So I would say sit with that intuitive compass and, and really feel into who feels right for you. What are you drawn to about that person's offering? And um, yeah, just connect with, reach out and connect with the person that feels like, in alignment for you. Um, I do think that's really important because it is about this person being your cheer team. Mm. They're your support team. And it's it's an incredible job to have. It, and it's, it's an important job to have for me. I take it really seriously to be accountable and to show up for people. And um, there's just so much medicine in feeling supported. A lot of the time, shifting a health story is about that as well. 
Do you think there's any situations where perhaps plant medicine is not the answer to an ailment? I do feel that often a physical story, a health story will have become, you know, so progressed that mm-hmm. often the the again meeting the energy of the intensity of that health presentation often you absolutely do need to have modern you know pharmaceutical interventions there's there's no doubt that there are some things that you know will need support in that way and mm. and i think working with a great integrated doctor um so a doctor that's more they've trained more a sort of nutritionally or naturopathically a little bit more holistically and that they're, they're traditionally trained yeah. so you know a really great integrated gp is um is is i think essential when you've come to that point and you feel that you need more uh intensive treatment mm. and i do think absolutely i mean i work with a lot of incredible doctors um in harmony it's taken me years to find my wonderful doctors to work with but they absolutely are out there and i think more and more they're, they're coming to the light because um people younger people are training and they're, they're really interested in health more holistically as well uh so i do think it's really important to have continued care so your your naturopath herbalist nutritionist is respected by your GP. Yes. I know that can be challenging, but it's so important for your health yeah. to feel that there's harmony between those two people, those yeah. two practitioners. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, because there's nothing worse than suffering from something and having one professional tell you that the other professional's advice is not right for you and yes. you getting confused yes. and caught up in that. Absolutely, and I mean, yeah. I it's it's... For, I've been doing this for years and it's it's so upsetting to hear some of the stories and people feel very disheartened by certain, you know, things that maybe will have been reflected from them, you know, back to them from their um, medical practitioner about what they might be doing naturally and I, I, you know, I really feel we should just all have, you know, great respect for each other's professions and um, to just be really doing our best to bridge the gaps and, and give great care for people. Mm. That's both of our intentions. Um, but I always do my best to open a conversation between that world and my world and, you know, be very professional and very respectful because, again, this is not at all about me or my ego, not that I feel at all offended by that, but, I mean, it's not about me. It's no. about my client yeah, and, and, and it's about their uh, their story and I want them to thrive and I believe they do want that too. So it's yeah. about that, that original intention. Yeah. Yeah, and su- and supporting them with with your knowledge and your wisdom and your craft yeah. and that might mean the same for the doctor as well. I know I've got a few friends that are going through um, fertility issues at the moment and yeah. they, you know, they, they're going through IVF, but they're also being fully supported by naturopaths and acupuncturists yes. and, you know, like all of the healers. Absolutely. Because together it's all, you know, creating a plan for them. Absolutely. And that's mm. the that's the that's the ideal is that again, my intention of why I even work in these realms is to enable others to wake up you know, to fully awaken to their yeah. ability to heal and their innate power. And I really believe that by them feeling fully supported by all of their practitioners, that actually is is a, a very powerful force for them to do that, to understand that they are able to shift their health story. Mm. And I think with, particularly with women who are going through fertility challenges, it's such an important space to be feeling like you are being held in mm. And you are, you know, you are feeling heard and held and that your magic to be in that creation space is activated Mm. and is really um, nurtured by everybody around you. Yeah. And it could be as simple like you were talking before about, um, you know, nourishing your adrenals and your nervous system during the process of trying to fall pregnant. Absolutely. Mm. That's a major part of it because yeah. it's a, it's a, it can be hugely stressful for people to be having fertility challenges and, you know, to be potentially going through systems of, of medical care that mm. can be inherently really um, tricky for yeah. people to navigate. So, you know, just to nourish your adrenals and your nervous system by seeing an awesome naturopath and getting some advice I think is almost essential if you yeah. were going through that actually. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, yeah. I interrupted you before when you were talking about energetics and plant medicine. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that? You were saying that the potency of the plant and the dosage of the the plant mm. will change the energy of it, but is there is there more behind that? Well, there's just so much around energetics and plants. I mean, even from the perspective of using essences, and, and I, I first found essences when I was about 16, 17 and studied essences quite in depth and flower essences and gem essences and even shell essences. You know, you can basically make an essence Ooh. of anything. And essence yes. is what, when it's so, distilled in alcohol? So it, there is a little alcohol to distill the to, to uh, sorry hold the vibration of the plant, but or the uh, shell or the crystal. But in essence, is it's a vibrational medicine. So there's really nothing that's tangible in terms of ingredients in the essence. It's an energetic imprint mm. of the gem, the shell, the plant, <laughs> the flower. So I love it. So it's purely sort of energetic, and okay. I'm I'm sure most people listening uh, in Australia would be very familiar with the Australian bushflower essences mm. or the bark flower essences, which, which originate from the UK. Um, like res- rescue remedy? Exactly. Rescue yeah. remedy. So Dr. Bach, uh, you know, found the, the rescue remedy combination and, and created his whole system of healing. Um, he couldn't quote me if it was like the thirties or the, it was a long time ago. I think it was 1930s, but, um, maybe even early 1900s. So he, he discovered that, you know, he basically channeled all of this information. So wow. I, I guess that's exactly what essences are channeled. And even the Australian bushflower essences, the wonderful work of Ian White, um, you know, he, he's basically sat with the plants and he's channeled the information of the healing, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional uh, aspects of the plant to, in, in, to enable us to heal through them. And, um, they're incredible, incredible allies. And I would say that I find they work very powerfully from a from a um, emotional and spiritual perspective. And so imbalances in the emotional bodies and the spiritual bodies, I use a lot of essences and uh, have sort of really been using those for a very long time to, to help people support their health stories as well. I think they're incredible. And that's definitely an energetic plant ally. The essences are, are very energetic. Yeah. I, f- I feel like if, if people are, cu- are curious about those, you know, and drawn to those, it's, it's usually they're calling you. So mm. it, it's, they, they are very simple, simple ways to weave them into your everyday life. Um, I actually created the Essence Range, co-created the Essence Range at Orchard Street that are so lovely. They're gem and essences and mm. using – sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll use a bunch of them. I'll say I feel like I am grounded today and, you know, I, or I feel like this and I feel like that. And it's just a – it's a beautiful way to support yourself. So supportive. I love that I am grounded. I use that a lot when I'm running events just to oh, so beautiful. stay in my body and also i, I am peace i quite enjoy I as well yes i it's didn't the... know you co-created those they're i beautiful. did yeah Thank you. yes they are beautiful they're very very soft but yet they feel very supportive mm. which is what i really wanted and also just sort of spanning you know a bunch of things that people feel like they could connect to like i am grounded i am peace you know uh, i am goddess it's like yes that that's what's drawing me in Mm, beautiful so you mentioned before um that if people wanted to start playing around with some herbs and creating some infusions that they should go down to their local co-op or health food stores or ordering them online yeah do you have any um places online that you can recommend to people in australia i guess because that's where we are Definitely. There's a bunch of them. I just have to sort of look up all of the names. Can I give you those links later as yeah, well? Yeah, give me those links. I um I order my stuff from Austral Herbs. Do you have yes, order from them? Yes, Austral Herbs. Yes, Austral Herbs. Um, I'm trying to remember the other one. There's a great one in Tasmania. Southern is it Southern Light? Uh, I have to I have to find them. Send me to, send me the Southern links. Light. That's it. Southern Light Herbs is Southern another one. Light. Okay, cool. Yeah. Southern Light Herbs, Austral, and again, just be making sure that they're organic when you're ordering yeah. them. And um, and usually your health food store would have some of them in sort of small little bags in bulk. So you could sort of mix and blend there yeah. and get a sense of the herbs too. But often people will just do a little order online and 
and you get a bit of a de- decent price as well and you can yeah. sort of mix and, mix and mix and match and blend your own infusions and your own sort of um, teas and tonics, which is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Erin, this has been yeah. such a lovely conversation. Oh, thank you, love. Um, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about what you do, where yes. can they find that out? So you can find me at my website, which is my name, which is a little bit of a long name, erinlovellveranda.com, um, and contact me through there. Right now I am Skype only as I've done a big, beautiful move up to the rainbow region of the Byron Bay hinterland. Beautiful. Uh, so I'm working via Skype and I am taking on a few new patients before the end of the year. And um and then I am lovingly, forever, eternally a part of Orchard Street. I've been there for five and a half years, so I might be back down there in Sydney next year. And uh, also via my Instagram, and actually on my Instagram, which is just my name, Erin Lovell Veranda, no, just Erin Lovell Veranda, you can, <laughs> like dot com, no, Veranda on Instagram, you can... Um, Hop, hop on there and I've actually saved a lot of my sort of highlight stories yes. and I've a whole lot of highlights around infusion making and how mm. to and lots of FAQs of people asking me about infusions and then another thing we didn't really touch on but is self-muscle testing because that's oh, yeah. a yes that's an awesome way to tap into what your body might be needing and to tap into the herbs uh, for the day and just to, you know really access that innate knowledge by having that big conversation with your beautiful body and uh, I've got a whole how to muscle test how to self muscle test on my Instagram highlights so yeah beautiful yeah and you can get in touch via there as well Mm. you do great Instagram stories they're very um educational thank you yeah I love it I really try to you know just uh I think there's a lot of information out there now, you know, about naturopathic medicine and herbs. And for me, I just really try to share what makes my heart sing and yeah. what I feel called to share and, and to ground it for people and to always bring the other elements and dynamics in of the energetics to the plants because we are just incredible energetic beings and the plants are just here. They're here like to support us and have a reciprocal relationship and that's what I want to teach and preach. So I hope it comes across in that way. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. One more thing. You've been running plant magic Magic. workshops. Yeah. So plant magic came from the idea of this beautiful, incredible woman, Jasmine, who has Anamundi studio. She's such an inspiring force and um, beautiful Instagram. It's like, just like the most amazing floral botanical delight when you look at her Instagram yes um it came from her you know approaching me to teach and we've been collaborating on plant magic events we've got one in Byron Bay this weekend and then two next weekend in Sydney but Ah. there's a few tickets left for next Saturday for the Sydney one yep the Saturday the 10th of the 11th there's Mm. a few tickets left but we will be rolling out some more events for more sort of plant magic-y events in the new year which is very exciting beautiful Um, and and just the most soulful gorgeous events and plant-based dinners and just collaborating with people who are just such in such alignment with me it just feels incredibly effortless and I just love that yeah Mm, yeah I have to come along to one yes we'd love to have you love it all right honey thank you so much thank you and have a beautiful day in your lovely new town of clunes <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> thanks babe i hope you enjoyed that conversation with erin now if you're interested in ordering the herbs online erin did get back to me after the podcast interview with the online stores that she uses so um, the first one is southernlightherbs.com.au they're based in tasmania Austral Herbs, which is the one that I use. That's A-U-S-T-R-A-L herbs.com.au. They're fantastic. And the last one is highlandherbs.com.au. So if you want to start making some of those beautiful infusions, then get ordering. Um, If you enjoyed the podcast, please, again, I know I say it all the time, but I would love you to leave me a rating or review on iTunes. And remember, the more people that subscribe, the more people that see it, more people that see it, the more podcast episodes that I want to record. 
If you want to see what I'm up to, because I'm up to lots of different things at the moment, go and check out my Instagram at Jordana Levine. And if you hop on my website, there is a ton of stuff to download at the moment around the moon. I've got the new moon Um, not the new moon, the new calendar of lunar phases for 2019 is out, which is really exciting. There's a manifesting by the moon chart. And if you head to the moon shop, there's beautiful guided meditations and downloads for both the full moon and the new moon. And if you want to follow all eight phases of the moon, then you must sign up to the Lunar Nights Collective, my online course. Until next time, I'm Jordana Levine, wishing you an inspirational week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.